Hello everyone, we're Victoria and Isabel from Seed to Harvest Ventures, a pre-seed and seed stage fund that invests in women of color building software-enabled companies. We are product and design operators turned emerging managers and we are sharing our experience with our first fund. All right, long time, it's a whole new year, um, a whole new city, a whole new bunch of stuff. Um, so Isabel, what's one thing you learned this week? Another we're in 2023. Yeah. Um... Getting going on this week, um, one thing I have learned is, oh, just jumping into like onboarding processes. So we mm-hmm. have an intern that's joined us, which is really exciting. Um, we have um, someone else that we're working with on a trial basis as in a more like finance role. And so just operationalizing. Mm-hmm. Um everything it's not so much a learning it's really just been like getting I feel like we're at a point where we're able to document a lot of process and Mm -hmm. get things going and that's been I guess that's one thing that I'm also excited for um where it feels like that's just kind of a new level that we've gotten to as a business which is really exciting yeah yeah um what about you what's one thing you're proud of that you learned in the last week um so one thing I learned um was that we as fund managers should be thinking about like the lawyers that our founders have. Um, I, you know, we look for like, do they have a lawyer? Uh, Kind of assume so as we like do a paperwork. But this week I got advice from a friend of mine who is a lawyer and works in the startup uh, side of things. And they, you know, kind of helped me think through like really making sure that the lawyers that our founders have, have startup experience and how to coach them through like negotiation um, not just like for us, but also in the long term to make sure everyone's set up for success. And so just like a new fun thing to add onto the plate of things to learn, <laughs> um, but really helpful. Um, so really happy to learn it. Um, the thing I'm proud of is like getting up my like financial skills, like been playing around a lot with this tool called tactic, um, which helps with like construction and mo- construction portfolio construction fund modeling forecasting also will like help you as like you're actually making investments to do forecasting um and playing around with it just like getting my confidence like gaining increased confidence and my ability to like improve our fund modeling portfolio construction and like had an idea that I vetted with a couple people who actually have spent years in asset management and they were like yeah that's a good idea and I was like great um so that just made me feel like um I know more things than I previously thought I did. So that was nice. Awesome. Um, today we're going to talk about prioritization, both for ourselves as fund managers and also what we look for in founders. It's less of a like advice, but just what we've learned, um, w- ways that we approach prioritization and what we hear as well when founders talk to us about how they're prioritizing. Or not prioritizing, yes. which is an issue also an issue um so let's kick off uh why is prioritization important yeah um i think one i think prioritization is one of those words um well it's funny it reminds me i can't remember who said this to me but they were like talking about how like technically the word priorities like is a new word and didn't exist before because it used to just be like priority because the point is to pick one thing and do it and to have like a priority and you know as like you know, capitalism fun was like, let's add more. You can't just pick one thing, add all the things. So now people have like three to five to 17 priorities and right. 
um, which creates issues, right? Because like the reason you have a priority is so that everyone knows where their energy should be focused. And so when you don't have that priority and then when you don't really prioritize the things that you need to do in the day, one thing is like I found like that I do sometimes and I think a lot of people do is like just do what they're comfortable with. So it's like you don't want to fill out that stupid like application. You don't want to write that investment memo. So what do you do? Play on Airtable for a while and see what happens, right? It's like, yeah, it's like productive procrastination. Yeah. You're just like, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. And technically I'm doing some work. Um, but also I think, you know, it's one thing when it's just like the two of us, but as we brought on new members to the team, if we don't have a set of priorities they'll just do what they think they should be doing which is great except if it doesn't align with our goals and so something we started doing a couple months ago that we brought that's i think been really helpful as we add new members of the team is that we set we set kind of like overarching like kind of like our north stars for the fund at the moment and like those really being around closing the first fund and really being in market and really being able to financially support ourselves as fund managers so those are two overarching goals that we're trying to get to and everything cascades from there. And so we set um, monthly goals that like kind of roll up to those um, uh, those those uh, those goals and like our kind of North Stars. And then we revisit those like um, every month. And then that really guides in our weekly breakdown where we talk about what are we have weekly goals that roll up to the monthly goals um, where we break down our tasks and what we want to focus on that that week and it's been really helpful as like we just have you know you're balancing founders that you're working with you're balancing deal flow you're balancing operations and fundraising all these new people coming at you all the time and all this information it's been really helpful sometimes to just like go we use notion to like go and be like what are our goals for the week again like sometimes it's tuesday and i already forgot and like here's my list of tasks and it just makes instead of using my brain power and figuring out what to do i can just use my brain power on doing what is needed yeah, and with having a lot too, I mean, what's nice about that exercise is that we have like, here's what we're doing in the next month, but then also like two months plus as all the other ideas and mm-hmm. those we can pull in as needed, as they align, as there's openings in space. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about is how to evaluate your priorities. Um, I think everyone's got different workflows but I would say one thing that's really important is consistency if you're changing the way that you're evaluating your priorities or evaluating even tasks that roll up into what's really important for you um, it's going to be really difficult to get traction Um, and just in general if you're doing everything like you said multitasking is a myth if you're doing everything you're not going to feel like you're making any headway on anything Um, one thing so you mentioned a north star I'd say, like, when choosing a North Star or when choosing anything, like, how are you evaluating its impact on your business, whether as a fund manager or a founder? Like, is that is that the right thing? Does it have the largest impact for where you're at right now? So those things can change. And we don't have a predetermined set of time when we change those, like, larger initiatives. It's like... Once we get to them. Yeah, it's <laughs> like once we it. get to them and then we kind of pull it in and say, great, like, what what feels like the next thing right now, like the next timely thing. I think that's the other piece where like as an early, at an early stage in entrepreneurship in general, like your process is going to look a lot different than when you are kind of set and things are all rolling and you've got people helping you with different jobs that need to be done and Mm -hmm. things like that. Like 
the amount of time you might need to check in on those looks different. So we do it very frequently because mm-hmm. that's what's needed right now for our business. So evaluating your priorities as well, like you can just pick something, but it could also be the wrong thing. So how are you going to um, really hone in on the value there? So to kind of add on to that too, there's like, we use a pretty simple framework, I think, because like we've worked together before and we have worked in tech and so we're really familiar about like the parameters for like, how do you decide your priorities in these like the big goals for an organization. But there's another one, um, it's in the book B and I think B 2.0 as well, where it really follows a lot around like the big hairy goal, um, big hairy audacious goal. And really like, I think the, the actual like template uses the mountain. But it talks about it. What I like about it, it talks about like, you know, there's the top of the mountain, which is like that big hair audacious goal and the framework that they have around it. It's really time based and it's like not. It's something that like seems almost impossible. So the one that they use a lot is like um, when President Kennedy uh, said they're like, you know, in 10 years, we will have a man on the moon. Right. At that time, it wasn't really clear if that was possible, but it had like a time. It was like thematic and a very clear goal. It's like, you know whether or not someone's on the moon or not. And like, that's the big thing about goals is like, you really, if you want to use that framework, is like, it needs to be really clear what that is. And I think what a lot of people do is like, you know, our goal is to like, be a better partner to our clients. And you're like, what does better mean? Like, how do you know if you're better? And so, like... Very subjective. Yeah. So, like, this framework is really clear. It gives you, like, really interesting ways to, like, make clarity that I think would be useful for anyone if you want a template to follow. But just in general, I think the biggest thing is making sure your goals are clear when it happens. It's, like, a very much a black or white, like, yes or no, we did this thing. And that's why numbers are always, like, great for because, like, you usually know whether you hit 5 million and you didn't. Like, there's not a lot of ways to fudge it. And so that's, like, our, a big thing that I think I've learned over the years and that we put into practice is, like, making really clear goals so that you know when you're achieving them. Yeah, absolutely. Or not. Yeah, like, how do you measure it? Or yeah. what, yeah, what's the measure? And, like, that doesn't, I think that can get so overly complicated yeah. which is like you could spend way too much time determining what that metric is or anything yeah. like that it's just like keep it simple yeah at the end of the day yeah so let's talk a little bit more about like specifically how we think about it as fund managers we talked a little bit about our process now but I think a big like continuous learning curve for us has been like how do you balance like the four main jobs that you have which is finding deals managing your current portfolio of founders, fundraising, and then like day-to-day operations. Um, And I think when we first started, we kind of just like did everything together because we were kind of used to doing that. And it was just like really hard to piece out even sometimes what the full scope of all those things were. But as we've started to like make our investments and like meet a lot of founders and do all and continue to fundraise, um, it started to become clear, like how we could split up things, which I think has really helped with prioritizing yeah. because like, as you all know, especially for fund managers, like sometimes like, you know, fundraising when you're in it always seems like the number one priority, but if you don't have a pipeline to talk about, you know, that affects your fundraising. And so yeah. like priority setting is really important, but a big help for, for us has been to like split up duties and like really have areas of ownership so that like you're not constantly 
trying to fight against like two really big priorities like you have your priority and like other team members have their their priorities this also helps though in our fundraising conversation so like we're able to now have areas of ownership um for us like victoria is taking like more of a lead on fundraising and lps and i'm taking more of a lead on founders sourcing pipeline etc and like that also enables us in conversations to not have to remember every single thing like obviously I know what's going on with fundraising and LPs but I'm able to speak specifically to something and so that's also I would say reduce the cognitive load and a lot of like going into things just knowing like we don't have to decide like okay like who's going to talk about this or this or like doing it on a per meeting basis I see it as like a very small indication of scale yeah um and like trying to just being able to tackle more, but also just go in depth. Like again, with multitasking, if you're going across too many different things, it's like so obvious, you're not going to feel a lot of traction. And like, I was really feeling that at the end of last year, which is like, if I'm sitting down to try and like dig into a specific topic, like I'm trying to research fundraising and research founders and pipeline, you know, like all of that, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. So, well, it's hard to go deep. It's hard to go deep. It's hard to become like specialized and really get to the good like the interesting parts of it because you have to stay so surface level and so when we split up like I'm doing more uh, like as well said I'm doing more of like the fundraising LP side and the like financial side and she's doing more of the operations and like founder side now and owning those areas it's been helpful for us to be able to both go deep or to like not have to keep track of like because there's also like the cognitive load of always communicating everything that's happened now we yeah. just can communicate the highlights and you don't have to share everything or at least the little things you can really roll it up to like right. here's the narrative here's the strategy here's what we're going to do right so like i think as like fund managers dividing which seems super obvious divide and conquer has really helped better for us to better like capitalize on our priorities which is really nice and be able to set priorities not just for like the fund which i think we we're okay with before but set priorities for ourselves was hard yeah Well, and I'd say, too, like, there's this element of comfort. Like you said, we've worked together before. So for me, I've definitely leaned on this, like, collaborative, not to say we don't collaborate anymore, but it it is this, like, bit of a growth point for myself, too, because there is a lot of comfort in being able to tackle something with you because I'm very used to it. And so I don't know that this would apply to all fund managers who, like, potentially if you have multiple GPs, if you haven't worked together, I think it might actually be easier to have that very clear division of labor given people's backgrounds and expertise, yeah. given ours and how it's like so, it's always been so tied and yeah. close together in building product. That's something that like is leaving my comfort zone a little bit. I mean, not really, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just leaving something that like last year was very much like, we're jumping into this new space we're learning a lot and I think it benefited us like we're able to learn together and get to that point and then both get to that point together of saying hey we probably need to divide and conquer now yeah so it felt like the right time yeah but it is something that like I don't know weirdly I'm like do I have to start over what am I doing like (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, yeah that's more of the like psychological piece of it um one thing uh, that like I think about too as fund managers, like in terms of prioritization, I think because it's such an all consuming job, like any like in 
building any new company is definitely an all-consuming job. Um, but I think this goes for everyone, but it particularly has hit me as a fund manager is like prioritizing not just what's good for the fund, but also prioritizing what's good for you and making sure like that doesn't like overtake that thing or like that like the fund or like the thing you're doing doesn't overtake like priorities for who you are, but not even just like who you are, like your personal life, your family, but like who, like what you want the organization you're building to be. So if I think about our fund, like, I think about like how we want to be, you know, we're starting off as women of color in the US, but we want to be a global fund. We want to be an institutional level fund. We aren't very like location-based people. Like we love being able to be in multiple places and seeing the ties against different communities. And so like opportunities might come up that like deviate from those things, but you're, you know, and so like, we have these like personal like priorities around like the longevity of the fund. We have these short term goals around fundraising and then opportunities come up and you have to figure out like prioritizing like or figuring out how to make these priorities work together and one not overcome the other. And so that's something for me that's been like a learning lesson of like not just thinking about it from like a business perspective, but like making sure the personal part of both the business and like my life outside of work is still front and center and like that prioritization. Yeah, absolutely. It is easy to get sucked up into like the fund and actually forget its context within your own life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Want to move on to founders? Yes. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. So, um, this is, not how founders should prioritize, but what we look for were like flags almost when founders are talking about how they are prioritizing, how they've gotten to where they are, etc. So I'll tell you guys an example. Like I was meeting with the founder recently and I asked them like, you know, how do you prioritize? And they were like, whoa, like that's a, that's a question. And they were just kind of like, I just get everything done. And for me as an investor, that's a huge red flag because I know that there's 7 million things for you to do, but almost 6.9 million, like 6.999 of that aren't really that important. And so if you can't tell me like, these are the things that I work on, this is how I decide which customers I like look at or which features we're building, you might have answers to all of that. But like, if you don't have a framework for how you make decisions, that's really concerning because like when I hear you don't you're not understanding how to prioritize or you don't prioritize you just get everything done I hear that you don't know how to make decisions at, at scale that's what I'm hearing what about you yeah similarly sorry I just had an idea go in my head and then it promptly left <laughs> um, well I think it's part something that adds on to that is like this is difficult and if it feels easy, you're probably not making the yeah. hard decisions. And so especially like tying this back into the stage that we invest in yeah. at pre-seed and seed, there's not always the hugest amount of traction or numbers to follow. So we really are looking at these signals of, can you make the hard call when you need to? Are you like, a lot of these decisions suck, you yeah. know, like it's, it is a pretty massive trade-off and sometimes it doesn't feel like it feels there's like any positive outcome, yeah. you know? It feels like you have to have all of them and a lot of them come at the cost of others. So if founders aren't 
demonstrating or speaking through how they're able to think through that again like framework doesn't matter to us it's mm. just like what are you using as your rubric and how are you thinking not only about like what you're doing now for your business but like almost symbolically like how you plan on running the business in the future if you bring people into an environment like that they're going to follow suit yeah unless you like find someone who can wrangle it all in together but like what I have found is it typically then bleeds through into how you're hiring like there's a lack of focus there how you're doing because it's how you make product decisions exactly and and how you are setting yourself up for scale um what kind of customer sales sales to the customers you need now or the customers they want to have right exactly and so without being able to speak to that, it's very difficult for us to to feel confident in even wanting to move forward or invest. Yeah, and something to think about too, it's like we're very clear when we say like, you don't need like a fancy framework. Like something that we've used in the past is like you pick three things a day that you do and everything else. Like I I was, I started, not started job, but like I started with the new boss and you know, I was manning everything in regards to product and they were like, how do you make decisions every day? And I was like, I know what our per like I've made our priorities and every day I pick three things that are close to that priority and everything else falls by the wayside and I do mean everything like and it it's only three things but like that level of like discipline it's helpful and it's funny too because he had a weird reaction to it he was just like that's interesting and then the next week he was like actually that's a really smart move I was like yeah because a million people are asking me questions a day and if I don't have the discipline to say like I'm literally doing these three things today I end up not doing eight things yeah instead of doing the things I actually said I was gonna do and so like it again it doesn't have to be like complex it just needs to be clear and it needs to show that you have discipline and how you use your time and how you make decisions yeah and going back to that point of like just the stage that you're at like there's a different level like I I think something I guess going back to like techniques on this is like having something that's very flexible and that can grow with you, Mm. you know, like at every stage of a company and growing a company and even a fund, it takes a little bit of like, I think early stage, you you need, you don't need a roadmap, for example, or like we are kind of, we're into roadmap. That's a whole nother episode. We have a dissenting and dissenting view on roadmaps, especially early stage, but like don't get caught up in like formalizing. Like you could spend a month, doing planning but in reality at an early stage you need to be really flexible you need to be able to make quick decisive decisions Mm -hmm. and pivot where appropriate so if you have something that's over over formalized so like going to the other side of that if it's too formal then there's a rigidity where you feel like or what I have seen in the past is companies that will be like well we planned this so we have to do it even when all signals around them are telling them not to and to adapt so there's kind of that adaptability piece um is something that i think about a lot um so i think this really comes up and like this is really important for founders um it's i want to say especially b2b but i also think this happens with the consumer something we see a lot with founders is when you're pitching the thing that excites investors is the thing you're going to be doing like five to ten years from now like most of the time people talk about the billion dollars the being unicorn whatever it is not at all based on like what you're doing today. And so what's really hard as an early stage founder is having like, okay, like in short term, we are literally, you know, we'll say, you know, the big problem is X, right? 
But in reality, you're you're literally tackling one twentieth of X. But in like five to ten years, you'll be tackling like eight, like eighteen out of you know twenty of whatever, like a large part of it. Um, and so, you know, I think that we hear a lot from from when we talk to founders is this idea of like okay, in like a year, we need to be doing this. But like right now, we're doing this and that especially comes in a cap with like customers where people really focus on having a really wide swath of customers. But what you really need to be doing at the beginning is figuring out as specific as possible who is your who is the person who has the problem you're looking to solve given the solution that you've made. And that needs to be as narrow as possible because the next thing you then have to do is keep finding the the like adjacent people and the adjacent problems and adding on to that. But you need a strong foundation. And so I think in the beginning, like really prioritizing like the short term of what you can get to and reference the long term goals that you have. Um, and I think that's really, really hard, but it's a really, really important thing. You need to be able to prioritize like what can you do now versus like and like how does that help you get to what you want to do later but not building for 10 years from now because you're not there yet all right great well now that we've ended our topic section um let's talk about our weekly wins what's your weekly win um weekly win would be our guest appearance that we did on the podcast building while flying is out in the world Uh, we had a really lovely experience with the team um Thanks, Kate. Yeah, thanks, Kate. We had, it was just wonderful. The interview felt great, um, and the subsequent episode is is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks for joining us today. Fund managers, we'd love to meet you. Follow us on LinkedIn. We're Seed to Harvest Ventures, and we're STH Ventures on Instagram. Say hi. Please share feedback and let us know if you want to be a guest at hello at seedtheharvestvs.com.